I mean, whatever happened to trust no one, Mulder? I changed it to trust everyone. I didn't tell you? Hello, and welcome to Condensed Truth, the Essential X-Files podcast. I'm your host, Shelby. And I'm Laura. And today we come back with another two-parter, a mythology two-parter. We watched Colony and Endgame. Um, I guess we should just dive right in, right? Yeah, let's go. It'll take forever to talk about these, I think. <laughs> uh, so Colony, uh, it, it's a story by David Duchovny and Chris Carter, but it was written by Chris Carter and directed by Nick Mark. This is the only episode of the X-Files he directed, but he seemed to direct a lot of like teen shows. Like he had like 10 episodes of Veronica Mars he directed. Oh, really? And some 90210 and stuff like that. So, and this episode aired uh, February 10th, 1995, or finally in 95. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. That just feels special to me. I don't know why. <laughs> so the plot of Colony is that Mulder is sent an email of three obituaries, uh, and it turns out the obituaries are for three men who look exactly the same, and they all work in abortion clinics. And so this leads Mulder and Scully to investigate their deaths. The investigation gets derailed when Mulder's long-lost sister, Samantha, returns. Mulder goes to handle that as Scully continues to investigate. That's roughly what happened. Basically. As, as, with, <laughs> as with all of mythology, it's, it's very truck and truck and truck and at a breakneck pace. And so we will try to keep up. Yeah. My opening thought on these episodes is that personally, I don't like them. <laughs> But they felt essential to talk about. I, yeah, my my thoughts on them are that they're boring. <laughs> but they are, like, they are, I think, important for the, like, mythology art, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, they feel kind of out of place this far into season two. Like, I think they would have been better placed further up in season two. But obviously, Jillian was pregnant, so they couldn't mm-hmm. apparently just impossible to really adjust your production schedule um yeah that's basically my thoughts is that like they're fine but they yeah yeah i yeah i think we get we get a lot of good stuff in them like we have the alien bounty hunter this is the first time we meet him mm-hmm. and we meet Mulder's family yeah. but for the most part like this isn't very character driven and i think that's kind of the frustration for me is that it just like First of all, it feels like it makes all the mistakes that the mythology makes. Mm-hmm. When when the mythology doesn't work for me, I feel like it's it's doing this. Right. It's doing like no character beats. Mm-hmm. It's throwing things at you nonstop. Right. It was hard to keep up for sure. Yeah, it was like genuinely like, okay, Confusing. I guess I sort of know what happened. <laughs> right. It's definitely like, wait, how how are we getting here? Oh, okay. Like, where are we going? I don't know what I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what just happened. And I don't know where we're going. But sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think also part part of it is that there's the hindsight of me being like, kind of knowing that the mythology isn't going to go anywhere. And so like, just being frustrated by like, the runaround that I feel like it's trying to do. Mm-hmm. But so so it's kind of hard to judge it on like fair footing in that regard because I just see like all the parts of the mythology that frustrate me. But like I I don't know. I think these episodes like if I watched them for the first time, I think I'd be pretty into them, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. If I, you know, thinking back to when I first watched them. But yeah, anyway, against watching this against my will. <laughs> <laughs> Shelby, the one who picks the episodes we watch, watching this against your will. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I do it all for y'all. 
<laughs> it's all for the pod. Yes, I'm putting myself through. I am also like kind of exaggerating on this. Like, I obviously don't like them, but I am kind of giving it a hard time. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were that bad, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, fine. Yeah. So we open um, with a dramatic voiceover. I know that's right. Mulder has been life flighted and transported to a military base. And Scully barges in and he's getting treated by doctors. And this is a flash forward, which I also hate. And so it just starts off wrong. It just starts off on the bat wrong foot. Mm-hmm. Because like flash forwards are so frustrating because I think they're it's so hard to do them well, but everyone insists on doing it because it's like a really cheap way to capture the intentions of your audience. Yeah, like we have to watch to know why Mulder has like severe hypothermia. Yeah, like I feel like it's like, whoa, he's like dying. It's like, yeah, but what is he not dying in the mythology, you know? Right, but also like when the payoff, I just don't feel like there's a good payoff on this episode. Like flash forwards and conversely flashbacks can be, I think, really good. I don't think they're always bad. Like, I think they can be really good storytelling tools. But especially if you're going to do a flash forward, you have to make the you have to make it have a payoff. Like you have to have whatever story you're telling leading up to it be some sort of emotional payoff. And it's just really not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like Mulder was being a dumb idiot. Yeah. I think like I think it would hit better if I bought into any of the stuff with Samantha, but I don't. Right. Right. And so the episodes just don't work. As soon as you f- find out, I think I think this Samantha stuff is really interesting because if it if it was true, if it was her, it it would actually be like a really I think good story. But once it's figure out, I mean, they just straight up tell you that it's not actually her. Mm-hmm. It just it makes none of the rest of the episodes really matter. Like it just it just ruins it really. Yeah. Like you have yeah. this potentially really good emotional payoff, and then it's just like well. No, and then it's just very deflating. It's also just very suspicious from the beginning when she first shows up. It's like, okay, why now? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I feel like I'm kind of curious about like whether if if like at the onset, if the audience knew it wasn't her, Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be interesting because then it's like we're watching Mulder get manipulated, Mm -hmm. but they're manipulating us as well. And Mm -hmm. I think it just doesn't hit because I think the X-Files has a reputation for like undercutting its own print like stakes so much that it's just like, I know this isn't Samantha from the get go. I wish they would just tell me that. Mm -hmm. So then we can just all like watch it knowing that Mulder's being manipulated and like playing off that. Right. It comes almost so out of the blue, like Samantha, quote unquote, appearance, but it's like, there's no way that this can be real. Even if you don't mm-hmm. really know mm-hmm. what, what, like, if you, even if you don't know what happens later on in the episode when it's revealed that she's not actually Samantha, it's still mm-hmm. just kind of like really suspicious. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to put something as important and big as like Samantha's return in this episode. Mm-hmm. If it was real, which we know it's not. Yeah. So. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so Mulder, you know, doing his overdramatic voiceover, you know, just saying, if I die now, I will die (laughs) knowing that my faith has been righteous, and if through death larger mysteries reveal, yada, yada, yada. Jesus Christ. Anyway, he's going on and on. Thank you, Chris Carter. This is exactly what I I wanted. This is exactly what I needed. (laughs) Just droning on and on. Anyway. So it's like the dialogue is kind of frustrating. Sometimes their dramatic voiceovers really hit. Not, Not this now. one. No. <laughs> 
anytime someone's just like, I wish my death is a righteous death, and I'm like, mm, I gotta, I gotta leave. <laughs> Doesn't do it for me. Uh, but but it is interesting because the nugget that he includes here is that uh, there is intelligence life other than our own, and that they're begun to colonize, which mm-hmm. is interesting. And Mulder has hypothermia. The doctors are trying to warm him up. Scully barges in and says, "You can't warm him up. It's the only thing keeping him alive. He has a virus." Yada yada. Anyway, credits. Bam, we're back to two weeks earlier. Finally, <laughs> we're in the Beaufort Sea Arctic Circle near Alaska, and the ship sees a UFO. And that's our kind of inciting incident of like, there's a UFO that crashes. So then, kind of, I guess, like, one thing I do like about the X Files is when it takes these like seemingly unconnected scenes and then connects them. Because, like, after that, we jump to a women's clinic in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And so, it's sort of like, what the hell are we doing here? How does this connect, you know? Mm-hmm. But then a doctor is watching the news and they're talking about the Beaufort Sea thing and they're pulling the body out of the water and he recognizes the body. And so he's like, oh, I got to run, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is danger for me. And he runs into that exact same man who was in the film. So that I love that scene. I thought that was good. Yeah. I think this like 80s high school bully alien bouncer hunty guy has some potential mm-hmm. there. Yes. Brian Thompson, very intimidating looking. He has a great vibe and look. He He's great as the alien bounty hunter. Yeah. He's just like if the like quintessential 80s high school bully was like a super beefy alien bounty hunter. He, he does a good job. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And so then so he has this like ice pick, which I, I found out is called the the alien stiletto. Awful name. Gross. Please go back to the writing board. Like, yeah. no. Just call it an ice pick or something. But it's like this metal tube that she said you like, I don't, I don't think you press a button, but like it just extends this like ice pick thing. It makes this very peculiar noise when it does, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently that noise was very hard to get like they just like weren't getting it they were like no 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 like that's not the right noise and what what that noise ended up being is it's um producer paul rabwin just went up to a mic it just made the noise that they wanted and they just used that oh my gosh really that's really funny (laughs) yes i love that yeah the music i will say in these two episodes is really great there's this really great sort of like synth going on during a lot of the a lot of the scenes Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i enjoyed that so he stabs him in the back of the neck with the ice pick and he starts doing the green ooze like from Mm -hmm. the early Meyer flash Mm -hmm. and then he starts a fire and then he like leaves Mm -hmm. so that man is dead and then we have Mulder and scully in the office and he says oh i you know someone emailed me these three obituaries it's it's the same man i pulled up their pictures they all work for abortion clinics and scully's like maybe it's just like an anti-abortion militant mm-hmm. person and he's like you know what that's not a bad thing yes but i feel like there's more here because they look exactly the same and i'm like you know what that's good instinct smolder <laughs> i do i do want to say something about the abortion clinic i think that sure. like the fact that all of these are like abortion clinic doctors is really interesting because it's like still a very like divisive topic today right like but also Mm -hmm. part of me wonders how much this episode potentially did harm to like abortion access and abortion clinics not like it singularly did harm necessarily but like the idea that like abortion clinics are harvesting fetal tissue from abortions to use in experiments bad Mm -hmm. not what happens at all um but some people believe that that is what happens in abortion clinics like even even today even though like it's highly regulated like medical facilities that yeah that i was like ooh, that's not really a great rhetoric to push 
at yeah. all. And and I think re- somewhat recently, wasn't it? There was like that Texas Planned Parenthood that mm-hmm. got in hot water mm-hmm. because I think it, I believe it was Project Veritas, which is just this like right wing funded mm-hmm. dark money group that just like secretly films people, just like manipulates it, just peddling straight up lies. Like, yeah. but because like. The person they were talking to like misunderstood some stuff and like said some stuff that like wasn't totally accurate mm-hmm. and like left space for there to be confusion. It started this right wing rumor about them like, yeah, using fetal body parts for right. like stuff. Right. Or like trying to sell fetal body parts from abortions. Mm-hmm. And it's like that that does not happen. That is so highly illegal. Right. Like it's it's insane. And like fetal tissue that is used in research like stem cell research and stuff usually actually comes from fertility clinics because it's usually embryos that would not become people anyway like it's embryos that are like left over from fertility treatments or some other some other things and there's also like a lot of legal documents to be able to get those and use those for research anyway so just like fetal tissue Mm. research doesn't come from abortion clinics like no matter what like that's just it's impossible like that would just be yeah such a big deal so like i was thinking about how it was kind of pushing that rhetoric and i'm like mm. yeah we can't we can get into that later because i have some thoughts on that oh yeah um a little bit more yeah. but yeah 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 for sure so we have them going to the most recent murder in pennsylvania they meet with the police officer investigating it and the suspect is a preacher and he has this news clipping that says have you seen this man with the doctor's picture and so they get the information from the preacher to the newspaper so they go to the newspaper and so like this part of the episode i genuinely enjoy it feels like they're doing actual work Mm -hmm. like they're like concrete like going like there's very clearly a linear where they're following an investigation and it tracks right you can still kind of follow along even if you don't quite pick up on like the green blood goo thing from Erlenmeyer flask because like my wife didn't quite pick up on that at first and she was kind of like wait what's going on I'm like it's it's the from the end of season one and then it was like oh okay it clicked but like it's still more Mm -hmm. I agree it's like easier to follow I think colonies easier to follow than endgame yes yes I I think I do i would say that i do mostly like colony in game i'm a a little bit more mixed on Mm -hmm. but yeah like there's there's a clear there's also like evidence it's not just people telling them things Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. that's i think that's the other frustrating thing to me about these episodes is half the time it's just like info dumping Mm -hmm. because like they can't show it any other way So they go to the newspaper to find out who placed the ad. And Scully is like, this case is suspicious. And Mulder's like, no, 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 I think there's something here. And she's just like, we've been lied to before, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they get access to the voicemail after Mulder pays the late bill. And they find out there is a doctor in Syracuse. So they're like, okay, he's probably going to Syracuse. So they call the FBI headquarters in Syracuse. Why is that? That's such a hard city to say. Syracuse? Yeah. Syracuse. It sounds like I'm trying to say syrup, but weird. I don't know. I think I think it's hard with a bit of a drawl. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> my accent. She's like syrup because there's like some some valley sounds that like our drawls just want to make one noise. And... Yeah, my my accent wants to flatten over every sound mm-hmm. that isn't necessary, mm-hmm. and that's a word that definitely needs some enunciation. So anyway, <laughs> they send the agent to the house first since they have to go to. 
the city first. So while they're making their way up, they're going to have the FBI agent check it out. Mm -hmm. And so the agent's like at the house and he sees the guy arguing with someone he can't see. So he goes around the house and he he pulls his gun. He shoots him very foolishly. And the goo comes out and he, you know, gets sick as Mm -hmm. you do when this happens. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And then so Mulder and Scully show up and the agent's there. So it's like, ooh, you know, what? who is this? Who is this agent? Mm -hmm. And so they're talking to him and he's like, there's nothing here, you know, and he goes to his car and he opens the trunk and it, it, you know, kind of pans over the body of the actual agent who died. And then it cuts back up to the guy who was the agent and he shapeshifts and he's the alien bounty hunter. So it's like, oh no, he can shapeshift. This is very bad. (laughs) Yeah, it it is. This is a, this is a very chaotic element to add to your show. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) the idea that anyone can be somebody not that people can be not who they are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very dangerous to add to a show because it's always lingering, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of fun too. So then, try okay. I'm trying. I'm trying to get to the damn meat of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the break ne- neck pace. I can't say that. Oh well. <laughs> so Mulder ends up going back, and he goes. So he's called into Skinner's office, and Skinner's mad as hell, and he's yelling at Mulder. And Mulder finds out the agent died. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. And Skinner is rightfully so pissed at Mulder. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just like, what? You have any paperwork for this? He's like, I thought we had an understanding where I could just do whatever I wanted. <laughs> he's like, no, you do not. You do not have an understanding. <laughs> so then um, Scully calls Mulder. And my note here is, God, her phone is so big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my other note is I, I paused when she's talking about the email that she got from someone. And the email that she got it from is a2974 at anon.server.ca. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, what is a Canadian doing emailing you, Scully? Right. What is that? That's just like a virus link, Scully. Don't click on it. <laughs> yes. Yes. This this is the email so asking you to uh, log into your Google account. <laughs> And so she says, you know, I found some evidence. And so Mulder's like, okay, I'll head over. And when he shows up to her apartment, there is an odd man lurking outside. Mm -hmm. And he tells Mulder that he's CIA. (laughs) And Mulder's like, why don't you come in then? And the CIA agent weaves this truly unbelievable story. Mm -hmm. And he says that he's CIA. He says that the people they're looking for are Soviet scientists or not scientists. He says the people they're looking for were created by Soviet scientists <laughs> and they're Soviet clones put in the country so that if a war breaks out, they can contaminate the blood supply and just, you know, do some guerrilla tactics behind enemy lines. And this is my this. I have I have some thoughts and some beefs about this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's largely that, like, I think the work that Mulder and Scully are in, I think their first instinct would not be to talk to a CIA agent. I don't think they would give them the time of day. Right. Because all they do is lie. Like, and and I think they would know this. Right. And also, like, the CIA agent is supposed to care about sanctioned murder. Like, that's all his job is. Yeah, he says, well, I guess his, his logic is, like, someone is eliminating the Gregors, which is the clones. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of unclear if it's the U.S. or the Soviets or who exactly is doing this. Mm-hmm. And he says that, like, he also the other unbelievable thing he says is that he says, like, uh, we share to Mulder, he says, we share the same opinion about our government's 
covering up things or like relation to the truth. And it's just like, you're a CIA agent. Like you do not. No, you don't. <laughs> this is actually all. all you do. Yeah. Like all y'all do is lie. Right. Like this is your whole job right. is to lie and obfuscate. Right. And, and so this idea, like Scully looks so into it too. And Mulder is just like, he looks a little bit more at least in this scene like later it kind of switches Mm -hmm. but he looks more credulous Mm -hmm. but i think i think circling back to your earlier point about the abortion clinics and this sort of like misinformation this conspiracy theory that is being put in but like not really engaged with in a meaningful way Mm -hmm. is i think like the worst some of the worst impulses of the X-Files is to like traffic in right-wing conspiracy theories without engaging in them mm-hmm. in an interesting way. Like I think of like when we watched Dihan D. Verlets and mm-hmm. Scully has a whole thing about how she's just like, this makes no sense, you know? Right. And I think, yeah, like this and then like this weird Soviet clone business, it, it just feels like, yeah, the show is just not really engaging in these the veracity of these claims to begin with in a meaningful way is sort of just using them like uncreatively, I guess, is what I, and so that was really frustrating to me too, that it was mm-hmm. just like, what are y'all doing here? What are we all doing right. here? Right. <laughs> but the CIA agent says that the Gregors are the ones contacting Mulder. And speaking of the Gregors, we cut to Germantown, Maryland, and one of the clones is leaving a lab and a woman's driving and they go to his apartment and Mulder and Scully show up because they get his address or I don't actually remember. Oh, no. Scully found him, right? She found this guy. Yeah. 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 I think she found him somehow. Yeah. She was like, there's one in D.C. Oh, that was the email. Yeah. That was the email. They emailed yeah. her. OK, I'm, I'm, I'm caught up now. <laughs> I watched this episode twice. <laughs> Um, so they also have a CIA agent come. I don't think they would do that either. It doesn't make any sense. I know. It's so so weird to me. Yeah. And so when the CIA agent shows up, the doctor gets spooked and he jumps out what has to be at least a three story building. He jumps out the window Mm -hmm. and he falls and he's all injured. And Scully's like, okay, let me call the um, ambulance. And then he's (laughs) like, he gets up and he runs away. And Mulder's just like, wow, he's getting up and running away. (laughs) We should chase after him. Uh, yeah. Uh, I do. I do love how this scene involves Mulder uh, trying to run after him and then getting hit by a car. <laughs> I know that was so funny. I was like, "This dumb so idiot funny. just got hit by a car." <laughs> this is a cost of jaywalking, and so Scully has to chase after the suspect because Mulder is out of commission for the moment. And so we see the doctor, and he's stuck in like a dead end. And the CIA agent catches up to him and he shapeshifts into the alien bounty hunter and he kills him. And in my note, I said, turns out the CIA man was the alien bounty hunter. Rolls eyes. <laughs> that's that's about how I felt about that reveal. I mean, I don't know. I guess it was fine. It was just like, yeah, I guess. It was expected, right? Because it was just like, yeah, the CIA agent is just like so sketch. Like, mm-hmm. it's just very weird yes. that they're even like a entertaining him, but like be actually trying to work with him. It's like, of course, he's the alien exactly. bounty hunter. Who else would he be? Mm hmm. And so Scully steps in the green goo. So we know that the doctor got murdered. <laughs> and then we have a scene with Mulder and Scully in the office. And I really love this scene. But definitely a high point in Colony for me. Mulder says, if what our CIA friend says is true, mm-hmm. which I also wrote rolls eyes. <laughs> because again, all they do is lie. <laughs> and I guess like from a character standpoint, it is true that Mulder's really trusting 
But I just like, again, I don't think he would trust the CIA. <laughs> right. Uh, but it is funny because like that idea kind of gets, you know, noticed. And my, my voice gets heard in the script because Scully says that man is untrustworthy. And she says, whatever happened to trust no one, Mulder? <laughs> And he says, I changed it to trust everyone. I didn't tell you. <laughs> that fucking idiot. You know what? He deserved that. <laughs> yeah, he really did. He's being snippy. Like, no, dude, you do listen to everybody. Like, Right. This is not the first time. <laughs> no, it isn't. And, and like, at least when you listen to Deep Throat, it makes sense because he is your source and he has told you true things. This guy, you don't know him. He walked up to you randomly and you're just like, what if he's right? And it's just like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny that, like, Mulder is more skeptical kind of before the whole incident with the doctor and, like, Scully's a bit more believing. And then as soon as that happens, Scully's like, yeah, no, this dude's, like, sketch as fuck. Like, we should not trust him at all. <laughs> and Mulder's just like, but I looked up his credentials and they're real yes and it's like so <laughs> this is a real man but are you talking to that man i guess yeah so like yeah <sighs> scully our lady of skepticism really bringing some hard truths in this conversation and mm -hmm. Mulder and her kind of get into the argument they do and i love when they argue mm -hmm. and she rules and i wrote get his ass <laughs> and she says like the doctor was running from agent chapel the cia agent he wasn't running from us Mm -hmm. And I I love the line of You'll pursue a case at the expense of everything to the point of insanity and expect me to follow you. There has to be somewhere to draw the line. Mm -hmm. It's like that's such a good point. Yeah, she's right. You know, I boundaries are everything and Mulder has none. Like no boundaries. Absolutely. And I kind of love how like I, I feel like this could easily make Scully be kind of like a buzzkill. But like mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the writing or like Jillian's acting or a, you know a variety of sources but I think she she remains so grounded and like you always feel like she's not doing this to like be a bother she's doing this because she she like respects Mulder and she wants him to know the truth and so like mm -hmm. whenever she is kind of like you know like I don't think this is true and I think we're being led around she's not doing that to like be right <laughs> right and so I think it always really works when she does something that like could be buzzkilly but is instead like really meaningful thing for Mulder to hear at that moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but before we can really get more into that, this is kind of when this is when the episode kind of gets off the rails. Well, not really, kind of, because this is where Samantha comes in. Because Skinner tells Mulder his father's been trying to reach him, and so Mulder goes to Martha's Vineyard, and which is an island, apparently. It's an island, <laughs> which may or may not have vineyards. But yeah, so he goes home and he tries to hug his father and his father extends his hand out for a handshake. It's so awkward. W will someone please give this boy a hug? It's also like, you can tell Mulder's father is just a douche immediately. Like, yes. he looks like just a huge douchebag. Just the way he, he smokes looks like a, a rich cigarette. Dick. It's like, God, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Mulder's mom is inside talking to a woman. And Mulder's dad says, it's your sister. It's like, ah, what? The, the sister we've been looking for the entire time is back suddenly. And they all just like immediately believe her too. It's just so weird. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like at least Mulder's dad, I don't know, he maybe has a, a level of skepticism, but also kind of, I don't know. There wasn't a ton of work with like his parents, but I mm -hmm. still hate them, you know? Mm -hmm. Awful. <laughs> 
And Mulder tucks in his mom and he kisses her forehead because he's a very sweet son. And Mulder finally gets to talk to Samantha himself. And she talks about being raised by foster parents who were aliens. And the doctor was one of them, her father. And she she learned all this because she didn't remember when she was first returned. She was she was taken when she was eight, and she said she was returned when she was nine or ten. So about a year or two, she was returned, and she went uh, underwent hi- uh, regression hypnosis therapy and started to remember everything that happened. And this is where we find out that the guy who was shape-shifting is the alien bounty hunter Sit because they were doing unsanctioned cloning experiments. Mm-hmm. That tracks, but mm-hmm. it is like kind of this level of convolution, like, Okay, so now we basically what we're getting now is like there are aliens and that they are like a civilization and they have their own kind of like rules and, right. you know, order. And that like some of them are here doing experiments. Right. It's kind of a lot to take. Right. In. And it's also like not just like they're cloning them themselves, even though they are. They're creating. I think the, the main the big deal with the alien bounty hunter is like they're creating like alien human hybrids. And like that's mm-hmm. why they're sent off. It's not because they're like cloning just themselves, but they're like combining like alien and human DNA and then like cloning somehow that way i don't know the science in this episode i wrote down earlier i guess this like makes kind of sense if you don't know much about genetics or like the human genome (sighs) yeah yeah and one so i watched Endgame with the commentary by Frank Spotnitz. And one thing he said that I found very interesting is that he said they didn't consider the X-Files science fiction. They thought it had science fiction elements, but it was more of like a mystery or a suspense thriller mm. kind of thing, which which I agree with for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think I, it's kind of like any any given episode, there's a various level of like science fiction, but this is very, very science fiction. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And maybe that's why it weighs it down a bit. I don't know. I feel like it's a bit more of a zig than you expect. Mm-hmm. And we're asked, we're being asked to buy into a lot. <laughs> right, right. This is a lot of information to find out at once. And it feels like we have like no time to process any of it. Yes, absolutely. And so Samantha says she's in danger because she, the bounty hunter will want to kill her. And Scully goes back to the warehouse to investigate. This is this is where she's wearing that ugly ass outfit, right? Uh, Yeah, the like With running the, outfit on the bus. Yes. Yeah ugly ugly she's wearing this jacket that's like fine but she's wearing a green fanny pack and she's wearing like leggings but it doesn't look good though like no it does not look cute it looks 90s as hell (laughs) yeah but like not in a good way (laughs) so she goes back to the warehouse and she finds uh four of the gregors who they say are the last ones and she puts them all in productive protective custody. And so then she goes to the hotel, which she called and told Mulder where she was going to be. And Mulder shows up. But then she answers the phone and Mulder's on the phone. And that's the cliffhanger, which is the real Mulder. Oh, shit. So that that's Colony. Mm-hmm. I feel like we did that in record time. We did. <laughs> we, we did. I was like, we got to speed through. We got to speed through. It was only 30 but minutes. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so yeah, I don't know if I have any necessarily like wrapping up thoughts about Colony. Yeah, I mean, not yeah, not really. So we're set up with this cliffhanger and we move on to Endgame. Endgame was written by Frank Spotnitz and directed by Rob Bowman. And it aired February 17th, 1995. This was Frank Spotnitz's ever, first ever script. He said he hadn't written anything for Hollywood before this. He was like a friend mm. of Chris Carter. They were in like the same same reading 
club or something. And he said that Chris Carter helped him out immensely writing this because it's it's something I hadn't considered, but I have heard Frank and I watched the interview with Vince Gilligan, who also wrote for the X-Files, and they both kind of said, like, when I started writing it, I didn't know how to write for TV at all. And they're like, things that they didn't think to consider, like, budget-wise, like, writing scenes that were too big and too expensive to write. Mm -hmm. And just, like, having to learn how to write in a way that also helps the show. Mm -hmm. And so so that's kind of interesting. And, and of course, like Frank had a lot of nice things to say about Chris Carter helping him on the script and really having his back with, you know, the suits and everything. And so, again, Chris Carter seems to be a good boss from all the stories I learned about him. <laughs> so we will give him credit on that. Yeah. And so the plot kind of picking up on the cliffhanger, we have Mulder and Scully separated. And... Scully getting kidnapped from, by the alien bounty hunter. And Mulder must exchange his sister for Scully, but he soon finds out that it wasn't even his sister. Instead, clothes made from her DNA. He desperately tries to find more information on where she, she is, trekking all the way to Alaska to find out. And Scully saves his life. Mm -hmm. That's my summary. <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens. And we open on... Back on the uh, Beaufort Sea in Alaska, we're on a submarine and they find something and the, uh, I don't know if he was the admiral, I don't think he's an admiral, but captain or whatever the hell they call submarine people. Mm -hmm. The one in charge calls and he gets his orders to shoot the craft so that the, well, we find out later it's so that the alien bounty hunter can't leave. But then there's a high pit pitch noise and the engine shuts off and they're kind of stuck. And then we get the credits. So we pick up on the cliffhanger. And so Scully pulls her gun on the fake Mulder, but then they get in a fight. And one interesting thing Frank Spotnet said about the scene is when he throws Scully through the glass table, right? I mean, first of all, Jillian wasn't the one being thrown through, mm -hmm. thank God. She did just have a baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he, it was an interesting note. He said that, like, when she falls through, you could hear her, like, make a, uh, you know, like a noise when she hits. And they were like, standards of practices insisted that, like, if someone, if a, a woman can get thrown, but she has to make a noise so you know she isn't dead. <laughs> what? Seriously? <laughs> yes. Yes. So that, they were like, they had to include the little noise because of standards and practices. <laughs> that's, that's so random. <laughs> Yeah, he was just like, that's the kind of logic that you have to deal with. <laughs> I mean, when you make a network TV. I show. mean, I will give him the fact that, like, working in Hollywood is a lot of, like, asinine shit, right? But, like, mm -hmm. that is so weird. That would be just, like, the weird, random ass, like, Hollywood law that you have to, like, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Mulder goes to her hotel and she's gone. She's been kidnapped once again. I think we're at number three in the season, if I remember correctly. Can we please stop kidnapping? Scully already like stop kidnapping Scully plot devices <laughs> kidnap Mulder right <laughs> which I guess he also well he, he doesn't get kidnapped as much as he willingly goes to Alaska <laughs> he, he almost dies he doesn't get kidnapped that's his whole thing as much as he just like does dumb shit yes oh I was also going to say in Colony Scully when she goes to the warehouse she breaks in and I was going to say it's her time to illegally break in so, congrats to Scully for finally getting to do the illegal things that Mulder usually gets to have to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is where, so, she's been kidnapped, and Samantha's like, he'll contact you, it's fine. Like, and she says, like, you have to kill him, a shot to the back of the neck. They're kind of making their plans. And Mulder 
kind of like gets really frustrated with Samantha and he says like you've only told me what you've needed to tell me like you haven't told me the whole truth which is right Mm -hmm. correct and but he gets like really frustrated with her and the whole situation because he cares for Scully you know and then Skinner shows up at the door and having learned that this guy can shapeshift Mulder is like okay baby Skinner isn't who we think he is Mm -hmm. so he pulls his gun out and he's ready and like Samantha's hiding and the lights are all off and he lets him in and he pulls his gun on Skinner and then she's like oh no it's not him it's fine (laughs) it's really funny because Skinner walks in and is like you got a weird vibe in your depression hole Mulder (laughs) yes how many times must Skinner show up at Mulder's place and then have a gun pulled on (laughs) every time Every time, I would just stop coming. Be like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> right. I kind of get that feeling like Scully like getting kidnapped or being followed and stuff. It's like, why doesn't she just like sleep at work? Like, just stay in the highly <laughs> secured and videotaped and monitored FBI headquarters office. I don't know. That's what I would Maybe done. she's just like, that's, that's too depressing for her. I mean, she's like, I'd rather get kidnapped. <laughs> that's also fair. Uh, but this scene with like Mulder and his sister is again a bit of an info dump. And Frank was like, we kind of gotta catch people up on what's happening. And I'm like, yes, I get that. But also, I feel like the show is just not really set up for that. You know, mm-hmm. it's an investigation. I think I think you kind of expect them to investigate their way through the mystery and not just have to rely on people telling them what's happening because it's kind of uninvestigatable. Like you're not going to know someone can shapeshift until you see them. Like there's no physical proof of that, you know. Mm-hmm. So they just have to be told. And he finally gets a call and Scully's calling him from a phone book. And she's like, OK, I've been kidnapped. Meet at this bridge in Bethesda. In an hour, and he's like, okay. <laughs> so we're resolving this kind of quick. So I guess mm-hmm. that's kind of nice that she's not like kidnapped for like half the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's still kind of frustrating. And it's mostly just because they want to switch Scully with like give Mulder, make Mulder choose between like Scully and his sister. And it's just like, God. It's also just a weird choice. And like, so rude. Yeah. I have, I'll, I'll, I'll talk more on that in a second. <laughs> yeah. 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 So they go to the bridge and they set up the si- snipers getting ready to shoot the alien bounty hunter in the back of the neck. Mm -hmm. And he shows up and they exchange Scully for Samantha. It's it's great acting by Gillian Anderson, Mm -hmm. just like being very terrified, Mm -hmm. immediately getting in the car, like sinking down as far as she can. Mm -hmm. And she's like, my poor baby. I can't believe they keep doing this to you. (sighs) And yeah, so then... Samantha gets taken and they shoot the alien bounty hunter, but he falls into the water with Samantha. So <laughs> I think it this either at this point or like a little bit later, Scully's like, Why didn't you tell me she was your sister? I know. And he was like, Well, you wouldn't have let me have gone through with it. <laughs> it's just like you didn't give her a choice though, not like I would necessarily support her choosing to still be kidnapped. But like it's so weird that they make him choose between like Scully and Samantha. And I honestly think it's kind of funny. That, like, even if part of him, like, believes that, like, she really is his sister, because he doesn't really know that she's not yet, like, Mm -hmm. that he would choose Scully over his long-lost sister that he's had all of this, like, guilt over the past years and has fueled, like, her disappearance and her abduction of, like, fueled, like, his entire, like, life trajectory that now that she's back, but Scully is threatened and the only way out is to (laughs) trade them that he just, like, immediately is like, all right, we'll make the trade. Yes, 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 yes. Don't worry, the sniper will totally get him. Yeah, and yet they are not in love, (laughs) according to the writer. 
Okay, totally normal thing. This is a, yeah, it's very normal to exchange your long lost sister for your partner in a very platonic manner. (laughs) And so the bad news for Mulder, other than losing his sister, who he just got back, (laughs) is that now he has to tell his parents that he lost his sister. Again. (laughs) It's just like, did it go this poorly the first time? Like. (laughs) I'm sorry, mom, dad, sorry that I have lost your daughter once again. Once again, but I traded her for my partner. (laughs) But Scully's okay, and that's what's important. At least, like, the first time, it's not Mulder's fault. But, like, the second time, it's, like, 100% his fault. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) They're they're giving Mulder too much agency. (laughs) Way too much. But the scene where he has to tell his dad is very sweet and it's well acted, I would say. Mulder's dad comes to Mulder's apartment and Mulder's like has his back to him to start and he says, I lost her. And he turns around. His eyes are filled with tears. But he's very clearly like trying not to cry. And I think it was like the perfect note because I think I think cry acting is extremely hard. Mm-hmm. And I would say that I feel like most of the time David Duchovny misses the mark. He's definitely one of those actors. I have like a few actors where like every time they try to cry, I just start laughing. It's very funny <laughs> to me. It's not believable. The other one's Alan Alda. I'm very sorry, Alan Alda. I love you so much. Every time you try to cry, I just start laughing. <laughs> I just like there's just something unbelievable about your cry acting. <laughs> so I thought it was really well done. Everyone, please give props to David Duchovny for this good performance right here. I'm giving him props. So, and Mother's dad is mad, understandably so. Yeah. And my my poor little baby is just very sad about losing his sister. But his dad gives him this envelope his sister left for him. And is, dun dun dun, a woman's clinic in Maryland. <laughs> so he goes there, of course. And Scully calls him and tells him that they found Samantha's body in the river. And the body melts and she dies but she's a clone so it doesn't really matter yeah but he goes to the clinic and he finds there's more samanthas and <laughs> there's so I think many one more of them samanthas. just there's so, just take your pick just return and be like just kidding i found her again mm-hmm. but um but like one of them like very cruelly is just like oh we know you'd be easy to manipulate yeah <laughs> just like uh yes yeah, it's true but you don't have to say it like that right i know he's easily manipulable but like this is his long lost sister, you know, <laughs> that you you happen to look like, and and I think yeah, like yeah, so like I, I we kind of talked about this already, but like my problem with this episode is largely that it, like wants to do a lot of twist. It wants to say like here's Samantha, oh wait she's not real or she's real but it's not really her. But then like as I said earlier, like the initial idea that Samantha was actually being returned was so unbelievable that like it's not a twist to me to find out that she isn't Samantha. And so like it just it felt like a lot of this episode I had a hard time grasping on anything. It just left me really unmoored and just like what's something I can like hold on to. Totally, totally. This episode's kind of really hard to follow. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Mulder does have a good line because they're like you have to save us. So Samantha's tell him that he has to save them and he's like I'm not your savior. And one of the clones is like you don't have a choice. And he's like I do have a choice. (laughs) But before he can really do anything the alien bounty hunter shows up, knocks him out Kills all those clones, sets the building on fire, and he gets rescued. <laughs> so, again, like, it's it's sort of funny because, like, Mulder says, like, I do have a choice. And then, like, he kind of does it because he, he can't do anything because he gets knocked out immediately. Like, yeah. this, like, weird meta commentary on, like, no, actually, Mulder, you're a fictional character in a episode that 
needs to get pick up the pace to reach its 40 minute mark so you don't actually have a choice <laughs> we have scully i love when they do this they did this a lot in like the early seasons where like they're typing out the report at the end of the episode mm-hmm. and they have like a voiceover her voiceovers are like, so kind good. of summarizing i love there's always so i love her report voiceovers i found out watching this that like actually they weren't gonna do a voiceover they were just gonna like have a scene of her finding out that his because the mostly the facts that this voiceover like the things it tells us is that the fbi agent from syracuse his blood thickened and it caused uh the a retrovirus causes blood to thicken and, and curdle and die and then it's stopped by the cold and before this was like a scene with her learning this from the person who did the autopsy but mm-hmm. they thought it didn't work well it kind of like veered too quickly and so they put it they put in later the scene of the voiceover and I like it. I do. Yeah, I do too. But I thought it was interesting that it was just like, they didn't, this isn't how it was supposed to start. It was like something they had to add later. Right. I also find this interesting because it's like, this is Mulder's second time being exposed to the green blood goo, but he only mm-hmm. gets the virus this time, but not the first time. Is it something with the different green blood goo? Is it similar, but different remember. green blood goo? Pothole. I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's different. I don't, I wonder, cause like, I guess one, one point to consider is maybe that like before when he was exposed to it it didn't it didn't harm him as much as it does now mm-hmm. but i don't really remember like story-wise if there was anything to explain that you know because because in the early Myra flask when he was exposed to it it was like he got the guy got shot by someone else and they but they were in an attic so they're in a cl- enclosed space mm-hmm. and so maybe like that body got removed quick enough that like it didn't fully infect him you know because mm-hmm. like even then it was like he got injured his eyes were messed up but he was like still alive mm-hmm. and he didn't need any medical intervention to be alive but you are right that it's like well, why didn't he get the same reaction last time as he does mm-hmm. this time? Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's an explanation for it. I think <laughs> the explanation is for it is that like they were making it up as they went. There you go. <laughs> They're the poster child for that. I think. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> we continue truck it along. <laughs> and we have Mulder, Mulder meet X outside the Kennedy Center. And Mulder says... How was the opera? And X says, wonderful. I've never slept better. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. And this is where X learns about the submarine. because, it, or No, this is where Mulder learns about the submarine because X tells him. Mm-hmm. So then we have Scully go to Mulder's office and she turns on his computer and has he has a sad noise and we get another voiceover. And he says, uh, sorry, I left... I went somewhere to find out some information and you're right that a line needs to be drawn and I'm drawing it here for you. And it's like, stop, stop doing this, Mulder. Stop just leaving without telling her. At least tell her where you're going because you always get injured. You always need rescuing. Right. And she has to put so much more work into finding out where you are. And it's like, just like rescuing you. And it's like, Scully's not the one that needs to draw boundaries, Mulder. You are. You you completely yes. missed the point by being like, I'm drawing the line and it's here. It's like, no, you're drawing it for her. You need to draw it for yourself. Exactly. You exactly. Point right over his head. <laughs> How much does she need to draw this out for you? Apparently more. 
God. So Scully's like losing it. She's out of her mind. She goes to Skinner and she's like, I want to speak off the record. And she's like, I'm worried for Mulder. He's gone somewhere and I don't know where he is. She know where he is. Can you find out where he is from unofficial channels? Mm-hmm. And F- Frank Spotnet said that like Chris Carter really laughed at him when he with the line unofficial channels. Which I was like kind of confused because I was like, it's kind of common. Like it's yeah. not uncommon. But I guess he just thought it was a funny turn of phrase. And so like when later when Skinner gets the information for her and he says unofficial channels, that was Chris being like just poking fun at it. But so I thought it was I thought it was funny, but I'm just like, why are you confused by this phrase? Yeah, that was actually a really funny line. And like honestly, like my favorite part of the episode is that like, you know, he he beats the shit out of X in order to get the information and like he has like blood all over his face. And he, Scully's like, how did you find this out? And he's just like, unofficial channels. And it's just it like, he so very good. obviously just beat someone up for it. Incredible. In this scene, Skinner rebuffs her. He says, you know, if Mulder wanted you to know where he was, he would have told you. And he's going off script and it, it's not the FBI's responsibility. You know, like kind of tearing into her. Yeah. She didn't. She doesn't deserve that, Skinner. I'm sorry. You can save that ire for Mulder when he gets back. Right. Right. No, it's just like, I get I get that. But like, also, Mulder's a big dumb idiot. So like. <laughs> yeah. But as she's leaving, Skinner does have this hint of like feeling frightened for him. Like there's like there's definitely a hint of like he didn't mean what he said, you know, mm-hmm. uh, at least acting wise. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Skinner. I think I feel like pretty neutral on him, honestly, but he does help them out a lot. And I do think he's a good character, you know? Yeah, I kind of like Skinner. I think Skinner's in a really interesting mm-hmm. place. Like he is caught between them and the higher up. And sometimes mm-hmm. that causes tension, but like good. Do you want to guess what Skinner's middle name is? Oh, is it something horrible and awful? Will I laugh? You'll laugh, but it's not horrible and awful, I don't think. I think it's funny. I swear to God, if it's William. <laughs> it's not William. I'll just tell you because I don't think you'll get I don't, it. Yeah, I won't. It's it's Sergey. Sergey, what's Skinner's Very first name? Walter. Walter, Walter Sergey Skinner. Skinner. Ew. <laughs> WSS. It's such a weird name. It's <laughs> hmm. Like, is he Russian? Like, where's Sergey come from? Maybe you know. You know, maybe he is. Maybe he is. So Scully, her next idea is to go to Mulder's place and do the signal that he does for X. And ask X where Mulder is. It's a good idea. And so she's sleeping on Mulder's. She pulls a Mulder and she sleeps on Mulder's couch. And X shows up and Scully answers the door and he just tries to play it off. He's like, oh, wrong apartment. Sorry. (laughs) And she's just like, no, no, no. You're going to tell me where he is. And X goes to leave. He goes out of the elevator and he runs to Skinner. And Skinner says, did you tell her what she needed to know? And he's like, no. And so they get in a fight in the elevator. And Frank said this was inspired by uh, Diamonds Are Forever. That's a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. That one. He said there's an elevator fight. I haven't seen it, but. Neither have I. He said that's where it's from. Yeah. Anyway, for all our cinephile listeners, that's the reference. <laughs> Or James Bond crossover fans. Yes, exactly. And yeah, like 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 Laura said, um, Skinner gives the information to Scully, and apparently, like X and or Stephen Williams and Mitch uh, Pelleggi. Pelleggi. I can't. I can never quite get it. But yeah, Mitch. Um, <laughs> we should joke about who won that fight. I'm like, I think Skinner did. I think Skinner did because Skinner. Um, I guess X could have killed him, but I think Skinner won. He got the information. He- 
yeah, he got the information and then conveyed it to Scully. So it seems like a pretty clear W to me. Yeah, yeah. Skinner stays winning. <laughs> and so we have Mulder and he left to find this stupid submarine. And so he's out. But uh, interesting note is they the way they built this set is they... <laughs> They had them like ship and ice, and they like refrigerated a soundstage, and then they built that uh the con conning tower mm-hmm. of the submarine, and it moves like it actually did move like five feet, and it it like it looks clearly like a set, but it also doesn't look so cheap, you know. Like mm-hmm. it, I thought it was a good set piece. I thought it was well done, especially for like the limitations of the times. And I think I can't I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but it's interesting to watch the X Files now because now like CGI is so heavily relied on that like they would have just like not given it a second thought. They right. would have CGI'd this. Right. Like that's in the, the CGI budget. But because it's like a practical effect, it definitely like just looks good. <laughs> it just like it looks good and it's believable. Cause I like even CGI, like when it's done well, it's still like this CGI, it kind of takes you out of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I definitely really like that they, by necessity, had to use practical effects so much. But they, it really helps the show because it doesn't age it that bad, really. Um, it does age it bad when they do use CGI, and it isn't good. <laughs> right. But he finds the submarine sticking out the top of the ice, and he boards it because the man has one brain cell. And he finds somebody, and he's interrogating him. And the guy's like, you know, someone just came on board and was killing us. Please help me, help me, help me. And then Mulder handcuffs himself to the man. Why? Why? What a dumbass. What a dumbass. And then he gets his ass beat. Right. Because the guy he found was the alien bounty hunter, obviously. Uh, Who else would it be? And (laughs) and so he's like getting his ass beat because he's just like, he's athletic. But like, this is is somebody whose like whole job is like bounty hunting. You really think you could take him on, Mulder? No. But <laughs> he did. Uh, it was a very good scene of the alien bounty hunter hauling Mulder up to the top of the submarine where the lid is, the opening. It just like putting Mulder on the other side and slamming the door so it breaks the handcuffs and Mulder just like plops down onto the ice again. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> and so then the submarine comes alive. And the the conning tower is going back in and Mulder's like under one of the fins and he has to roll out of place. And then we've caught back up to the flash forward. Finally. Finally. It took forever. And what did we learn? Nothing. Right. We learned some stuff. Barely anything. For the most part, nothing. (laughs) Exactly. And it's very hot how Scully saves his life. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just very hot when she, Mm -hmm. like, takes charge and she's like, I'll do the panels. I will shock this man back to life. Right. She's like, I'm a doctor and I will save him. Shut up, other doctor. I'm right. Yeah. You, you know what I thought I thought like what what are the legal ethical ramifications of having your partner slash wife be your doctor I don't think that's allowed um it's treating families generally not allowed but like they're not legally married so it's fine I guess that's true but like what about partners like I don't know co-workers can you treat co-workers properly yes absolutely okay. oh yeah we okay. used to do it like all the time okay. at a place I, I used it, to work 
Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it was one of those things where it's just like, like, I used to work in dermatology and like, say, like, one of the other MAs wanted to get on Accutane, they would just like, they would have like an Accutane appointment with one of the providers. And it would be you just like couldn't do your own chart, like someone else had to like chart mm-hmm. the appointment. So it's just like, like, yeah, you can you can treat coworkers. It's just you can't make your own medical chart like someone else had to chart the visit for you. That makes sense. Yeah. It's very handy for Mulder, who's always getting himself almost killed, right. that he does have Scully there to constantly save his life. Literally, yeah. He, but he takes it for granted. I know. I would never. Never. And she, he finally comes back to life. She strokes his head. She runs her hand through his hair. It's very sweet. It's very tender. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I also love, so he's kind of, he's recuperating. He's in a hospital room and she's by his side because she's loyal. She's ride or die, honestly. Mm-hmm. And she has her voiceover. She has this whole voiceover. And it's so funny to me because it's just like, it's very, the whole vibe of it is just like, I love science. Uh, I only respect science. Right. Science is what saved him. Right. Science like found out this retrovirus. Right. And, uh, yeah, I told Raina it reminded me of like a forensic files voiceover. Like she'd be good at forensic files voiceovers because <laughs> forensic files episodes yes. always end with like forensic science saved yes, the day yes. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. That's her. That's her whole vibe. Mm-hmm. She would. It's good. Yeah. So she's like, science saved him. She's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mulder wakes up and Scully's there and she smiles and it's so beautiful. He like he quite literally wakes up and an angel is by his side mm-hmm. and the angel is Dana Catherine Scully. And of course, Mark Snow, he's like, OK, let me turn up home again because he knows what I like. Mm-hmm. And I love this scene. I think this is probably of the two parter. This is my favorite scene because it is so sweet. And it also like it does kind of like Reese. I don't know, not necessarily like reset up, but like reaffirms. Like I think Frank Spotnitz made the point where it's like every time Scully sees something unbelievable or unexplainable, it only makes her dig her heels further into science, being able to comprehend or piece together what this is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's sort of the same with Mulder. Like the further he has to go to find out what happened to his sister, the more he kind of believes it. And so both of them kind of buy more into their own mm-hmm. archetypes in a way. Mm-hmm. But but it always manages to just like feel like it's working. Like you you know what I mean? Like these they work so well together because of this and not not in spite of it. Scully asks Mulder, Did you find what you were looking for? And he says, No, but I found something I thought I'd lost faith to keep looking and that's how the episode ends and honestly like i really don't like this episode but like Mm -hmm. that scene really just pulls me back in this is what i wanted the episode to be like more emotional stakes Mm -hmm. more of this So, yeah, I okay. Did you have any concluding thoughts before we go to the segments and then the end bits? Yeah, I mean, I think these episodes were honestly pretty hard to follow and kind of boring. Like, they're definitely not... It just, like, feels like we took such a long time to get anywhere and we barely got anything. Um, yes. And I think part of that, like, part of how much I think the alien bounty hunter could be good it's also that's also like to the episode's detriment like it's hard to build and keep fakes when anyone could be anyone at any time yeah yeah and so like i agree in its way that is that is its tension but it also just i think hurts more than it helps because then it's just like nothing matters 
<laughs> um, yes, yes. But I mean, it's nice to know that like it's kind of our our first solid evidence that like aliens are here and they are actively trying to colonize Earth. Um, that's mm-hmm. the important takeaway from the episode. I just felt like there was a lot of convolution. <laughs> to get- yes, yes, and yeah, the whole Samantha thing like definitely doesn't work for me. Mm-mm. Me neither. So I feel very mixed on these episodes, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're over. <laughs> We've made it. We don't have to talk about them again. Mm -mm. So now it is our time for our segments. And we start with... Agent Mulder. Shut up, Mulder. Damn it, Mulder! Mulder! How annoying was Mulder this week? I almost gave him an 8, which would have been my highest rating so far. Mm -hmm. It's very annoying. Mm -hmm. But I felt really bad for him because (laughs) his family is so awful. So I'm giving him a 7, which I think I've already given him a 7 for. I think so. Something. So, yes. I I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it just means a lot if I give him a high score. And I feel like I'm just not emotionally ready for that. Like, I feel like we just haven't reached peak annoying Mulder. Right. But he was very annoying this episode. Right. right. What, what was your rating? I mean, yeah, I definitely give him a 9. Um, yes. <laughs> because, like, he's not as whenever because he's pretty like just like a dumb idiot this episode right and that's pretty annoying um but he wasn't really like mean to scully he gets tense for me more whenever he's like a dumbass and also mean to scully and then i'm like well fuck you buddy um yes (laughs) this one this one's definitely definitely a nine just because like he is very dumb in this episode and it's very annoying and yes yeah i just feel like yeah dude dude needs to go to therapy and figure something out i don't know like he he also just needs to like stop being naive for five seconds right. too. he needs to stop being so gullible that he believes right. anybody that like weaves him a tale that is maybe even halfway believable right. you know totally <laughs> yes so next we have so uh this must be the enigmatic agent scully scully's sassiest moment you're gonna go first yeah it's definitely whenever she tells Mulder what happened to trust no one Um, (laughs) and he's like it's trust everybody and like i know he's trying to be like snide and kind of undercut what she's saying but like she's right like he's being way too trusting and like this is not the first time like it is like for someone whose motto is trust no one like why are you so trusting of bad people it just Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. why are you trusting the cia agent just because like his credentials check out and like maybe it's one of those things where like like it's it's dramatic tension right because like we the audience know the alien bounty hunter can shapeshift but like scully and Mulder don't know that yet but mm-hmm. it only makes these episodes i think more frustrating instead of like being like oh oh no they don't know yet like ah oh, that's so scary it's just kind of like Mulder, yeah. you dumb fucking idiot why would you trust this man he's very obviously <laughs> the alien bounty hunter like i know you don't know he can't shapeshift but like something is up yeah you you also like you don't need to believe him because he's a cia agent to begin with right. like even if he right. isn't the alien bounty hunter right. you don't have to believe right. him because all they do is lie right. and all they do is like make up lies and- all they do is lie and then this dude told the most like telling lie which is like this is state sanctioned state sanctioned murder and it's like if a cia agent actually genuinely <laughs> cared about stopping state sanctioned murder they would not work for the cia yeah yeah it's just like like it's it's like Mulder knows about mk ultra he knows about like all of their covert you deeply deeply illegal things that like they have flat out lied about like we know about mk ultra but we don't know a lot about it because they destroyed the records like right i just 
it's it's unfathomable that like Mulder of all people would be like, oh yeah, this guy's being truthful. Yeah, just so, asinine. Yeah, Scully very very rightfully gives him some shit for that, yes. and like that was that was definitely my favorite moment. Yeah, I think mine's from the same scene, and it's uh when she's uh she's he says something about like oh like she she says like maybe the CIA agent killed the doctor, mm-hmm. and he's like, you want me to put that on my report because I'd love to tell Scanner that. And she says, damn it, Mulder, that's not my job. Hell yes, queen. That was my follow-up. Yes, yes. But I, So I think that is mine, but I want to give a, a small shout-out to after Mulder wakes up and she says, thanks for ditching me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she she was pretty she was pretty sassy this episode, I yeah. think. She was fed up for sure, I mean, as always. Yeah. And our last segment. Welcome, you've got mail. Our 90s moment of the episode. And I think mine goes to Scully's big, big phone. Her big home phone <laughs> that is uh, wireless, but it's a massive receiver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, damn. I mean, when we, when we still had landlines, the phones were smaller. But there is something nostalgic about the little, little all the little beeps mm-hmm. and the whole having a home phone. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, yeah. What was yours? Uh, mine is, and this happened after the 90s too but it's not really something that happens anymore so i'm using it um it's going to a newspaper to place an ad <laughs> um that's not you don't really just like walk into a newspaper to place an ad anymore like you can do that online like submit everything mm-hmm. pay for it do all that stuff so the fact that like a someone is anonymously placing an ad b they didn't sign any of the paperwork but the newspaper still placed it and like see the <laughs> numbers like going to a voicemail um yeah just very very 90s very pre-internet very um back when newspapers were a thing that people read um <laughs> People yes. don't really read newspapers anymore, and also everything, all of the articles are online again anyway. Um, also, there's like this level of like being anonymous that like we just cannot have now. Right, right. That's something that I think is really, I think about a lot these days, actually, that's pretty wild. Like the things that like people used to do that now just seem like, oh, that's that's dumb because you could very easily be traced now. But just like, yeah, mm-hmm. like the level of privacy that people are able or like used to be able to achieve. Like we have like yeah almost no privacy now as individuals yeah and i I think a lot of people don't realize like the level in which we can be tracked too right because like like when you log on to a website like they can capture like what browser you're using and your ip address all the information yeah definitely your ip but like even stuff you don't consider like they know that you're using firefox they know like what version right they can learn like a lot about your system right in that regards and also like all the actions you do on a website are most likely being logged right like data mining so like intent yeah yeah and metadata too like people don't realize that there's metadata attached to everything like every picture you take with your phone has metadata attached mm-hmm. to it that all the exif data the yeah it, it, it the time the photo was taken the like location the it location. was taken at like that's why it's like if you're gonna take a picture of something that's sensitive you like screenshot it because then it's just like your phone you know mm-hmm. but yeah. even then it's just like that's just so crazy um yeah we have like really no privacy as consumers and like you know mm-hmm. the whole like anti-vaxxer like the covid vaccine is going to give you a tracking device you have your phone like everyone what has a, a phone? phone that's yeah it you they don't have to they don't have to try that hard to track you <laughs> do you make any online purchase with a debit or credit card at all there you go <laughs> It's like, it's, yeah, it's legitimately so spooky that, that like, they also like know what you buy when you use a credit card, obviously, but like, it's just, it's very bizarre to think that like, so there's those like those little, 
you know those like coupon machines they print out like mm-hmm. the kind of like long ones those are like called the, the catalina the catalina coupons and i'm pretty sure those like track i mean they definitely when you buy stuff they'll print out stuff that you bought like mm-hmm. if you buy water they'll be like here's 50 cent off water that's very straightforward to me mm-hmm. that doesn't feel that invasive right because like it's fairly clearly taking the data in right now but mm-hmm. i also believe they take in data oh, like historically totally no i get coupons <laughs> for cat litter and tampons and i'm like okay you like even when you're not buying right them, yeah right especially no i only get them when i'm not buying them mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. oh i didn't buy cat litter this time at the grocery store i have a cat litter coupon yeah. for it's like a brand of cat litter i don't use but like yeah there was that story about that uh that woman who was pregnant and she didn't know, but Target, the algorithm had like figured out that she was pregnant before she had. And it, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very grim out Terrifying. there. And, and also like, God, the Excels would suck so much more if it like took place now because it would just be like them being like, look at the IP address. And it's just like, OK, this is boring. <laughs> right. It, it like couldn't exist now because of that. But yeah, yeah, just kind of they, the, they love to do the anonymity. They love to the 90s. Yeah. yeah. They love to do very frequently in the episode. They did the thing where like they call, but they just left. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> they call too early. Thinking about this episode too, like the fact that like Scully is trying to get a hold of Mulder, but has to like call his like house when it's just like, hey, don't they both have cell phones? His cell phone broke. Oh yeah, his cell phone did car. break. You're right. But mm-hmm. B, yeah, it's just like there's so many other ways to get a hold of people now. Like people yeah, are almost yeah. constantly attached to a device that will like for use that's used for communication. So it's just that part's kind of funny now too. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely an example of like the X Files can only really happen in like pre 9 11 America mm-hmm. because 9 11 is really whenever the surveillance game. Absolutely. The only thing I miss is that I just know in my heart that like Mulder just sends. I think I th- maybe this is like projection because this is me, but like I just know in my heart Mulder's like sending stupid memes to Scully at all hours of the day, mm-hmm. like texting her, just like <laughs> these goofy images he finds online. I just know he's annoying via text, and like I'm just gonna have to know this in my heart because it's never <laughs> gonna exist. But I just know it's true. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's that image of it's the the tickalack or I think I pronounced that wrong, but like that that early fish that like walked onto land, mm-hmm. you know, are are very 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 ancient ancestors. Mm-hmm. And there's that <laughs> that meme where it's like it getting out, and he's like, I, if I knew there was gonna be days like this, I never would have climbed out of the primordial suit. <laughs> it's just like I just know he sent her to that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <sighs> okay, so. Uh, so it's probably reasonably obvious to everyone based on what we said, but Mueller was like this episode, but we felt we had to watch it mm-hmm. because it does set up some mythology stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there will be a day where I stop making us watch mythology stuff, and it's not today, but hopefully it's soon. Hopefully. <laughs> But I don't know. I think it's fine. I I don't know. I feel like after all the crap I've given these episodes, they do deserve all of that. But they're not the worst that mythology has to offer. Mm-hmm. And so I I think I think it's hard for me to separate that from like the other episodes that do very similar things that frustrate me more. But anyway, we chose these episodes to meet Mulder's family and his sister and the alien bounty hunter and. It really was like the first 
like myth arc two-parter though i mean Dwayne berry ascension but that was kind of by necessity this is like they're very clearly angling towards somewhere Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and setting up the big pieces and it was like pretty cinematic it was it felt way bigger than a tv show Mm -hmm. you know yeah so in that regard it definitely like it's a prelude to things that will come later obviously but if you didn't like them i hope it doesn't put you off to the show because again i didn't like them either And I promise y'all, one day we will stop watching mythology episodes and we will celebrate. There will be dancing in the street. There will. But with all that being said, I hope y'all at least got some enjoyment out of watching them, either laughing at them or, I don't know, <laughs> finding something to also, hold on to. Yeah, if you genuinely enjoy those episodes, go for it. That's more that's power good. to Hell you. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to be a person who like understood the mythology. <laughs> You know, it would be kind of neat if I could explain what happens. I think it'd be a lot. It'd be great if it, the mythology didn't frustrate me so much. <laughs> yes, yes. Is there something there? Like when it hits, it hits. It's just there's yeah. There's a lot of extraneous. It's just not hitting. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It'll hit soon, but it's not hitting right now. So if you like the show, please rate and review in a spot, a podcast spot that lets you rate and review. Please like and subscribe. Uh, yes, like and subscribe. <laughs> Also, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, it's Condensed Truth. Um, I very I don't post that much, so if you don't want me to clog your feed, don't worry, I'm not doing that Mm-mm. because I don't know. I have my own Twitter to run. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to run this one too? No, but I do post occasionally, and it's a good way to keep up on like what we're watching because I I I tweet what the next episode is before this one comes out. So that's kind of helpful. Um, and if you would like to email us any questions, comments, concerns, etc., uh, you can email us at condensedtruthpod at gmail.com. And next week, a very important episode coming up, actually. We will be watching Season 2, Episode 20, Humbug. And we will have a guest on. Woo! Tori is going to return. Yay, Tori! Yes. So that'll be really exciting. I'm very excited to talk about those episodes. That episode mm-hmm. is just one. Um, that's actually we have two more episodes of season two to watch. Yeah. So making our way. We're almost. We're almost. We're really making progress. Oh honestly. yeah, absolutely. So I hope y'all tune in next time when we watch Humbug, and I hope everybody has a nice weekend. And I think that's it. Okay. Goodbye. Bye.